unscripted. Each episode is available to view on YouTube, so be sure to check us out. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Science says nothing about Adam and Eve specifically. What science does tell us is that humans evolved. The physical bodies of Homo sapiens evolved from common ancestors with other great apes. So then it's like, all right, well, what does the church officially say? Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Saints Unscripted. I'm Alex. I'm and Cam. This is Cam. And today we have such an awesome episode. I'm so excited. I know I say that a lot, but I'm truly excited for this one because today we have Heath Ogden with us. Um, I know you as Dr. Ogden because <laughs> you are my old biology professor at UVU. What got you interested in this? Is evolution you something you believed in before you started your career? Or how, how did this no, all start? I mean, if... If you go back to when I was just starting college, you would categorize me as a creationist. <laughs> um, but that's because in, you know, when I grew up in seminary, we read the manuals that said evolution is evil. Oh yeah, we don't talk about that. They were very anti-science. So it wasn't until I started my kind of undergrad at BYU that I started thinking a little bit more about this. And there were evolutionary biologists at BYU. It was required to take an evolution course. Um, then I went on and did my master's degree, and when I came back and did my PhD, that's when I really got into like evolutionary biology. I actually got interested in the evolution of insects, and, and so that started me down a pathway of becoming an evolutionary biologist. What was BYU teaching at the time of, regarding evolution? They would teach it just like any other evolution course uh, in any other campus. So they were, they were following the seminary manuals? Well, that, that was the So I was there in 1992, right when you'd go to your... You know, you'd go over to your religion department class and you'd get all of the anti-science, anti-evolution quotes mm -hmm. from, from church leaders. Then you'd go over to your biology classes and you'd get, you know, the, the pro-evolution, pro-science quotes. It was almost like, you know, pick your favorite. You know, my, my general authority is better than your general authority or something, you know. <laughs> my dad could beat up your dad. I was a little bit confused and that was right when they made the BYU Evolution Packet in 1992. And so that really helped... Um, students at least say, look, this is the official, these are the most official positions of the church on this. And what was great is out of, out of that packet, it, it clarified that there is no official position. You know, you're basically free to, to go the direction that you'd like to. And so that, that helped, I think, the BYU community kind of going forward. I think what we want to talk about is the whole Adam and Eve thing, because yeah. I think that's the biggest question that everybody has is, Adam and Eve, how does that fit with evolution? Can those two ideas of Adam and Eve and evolution, can they coexist with each other? Yeah. I really believe that Latter-day Saints only have to believe what's true. And truth can come in lots of different ways. Of course, it can come through prophets and revelation and scripture and so forth. But truth can also come through, you know, a fossil, a DNA molecule, Right. Mm -hmm. And so and science, science can give us truth. And so it becomes this this exercise where you have to look at what are official positions of the church surrounding Adam and Eve and what are the what's the body of evidence that science has given us surrounding issues of human evolution. Science says nothing about Adam and Eve specifically. So we can already just take that off the table and say, well, science says nothing about Adam and Eve. But they do say what science does tell us is that humans evolved. The physical bodies of Homo sapiens evolved from common ancestors with other great apes. Mm -hmm. So we know that from science. So then it's like, all right, well, what does the church officially say? 
and in that BYU Evolution Packet, and even in more recent statements as well, the church has reiterated the idea that we are spiritual offspring of Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother. Mm -hmm. But the church has no official position surrounding the, the physical body of how Adam and Eve came about, you know, where did they live, when did they live, how long did they live. Mm -hmm. We just have snippets, right, that maybe allude to the process, but for the most part, most of the, the doctrinal statements that have been given are to teach us more about the relationship of Adam and Eve to deity mm -hmm. and that it's really important to make covenants, right? So I always say that the reason that they are the first and the reason they're important, they were spiritual offspring of Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother inside of a homo sapien body, right? That looks in the image of God, right? That, that is in the form of, a, of what Heavenly Father looks like. And they were the first ones to learn about the gospel and make covenants. So whether there were humans before them, mm -hmm. it really doesn't matter. Um, I think there probably were, mm -hmm. but it really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter when they lived, where they lived, because the important thing is that those three key elements, that they were offspring of God, had a physical body, and that they make covenants with Heavenly Father, that's really what the temple also kind of teaches us. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's the principle about Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. So for me, if you just boil it down to what's important about Adam and Eve, it's that. Mm -hmm. And then this other stuff that sometimes causes confusion, causes doubt, causes people to perhaps lose their faith, I think is unnecessary. That, okay. that almost isn't too dissimilar to the idea that God reveals new ordinances and new covenants uh, as people become prepared to receive them now. Sure. Right. We're still receiving revelation. We're, just because there were members of the church living in the law of Moses time doesn't mean that doesn't detract from the new things that God is continually giving us today. Sure. Mm -hmm. And I love there's this in 1910. Um, well, in 1909, the church made a statement, a really famous statement on the first presidency did about um, evolution and the origin of man. And it actually caused more, almost more confusion than it did help the, help the process. And so in 1910, they tried to reiterate some things again in what was the Christmas message. So it's like in the Christmas, in the middle of the Christmas message, they're like, uh, let's address this issue of evolution again. And they said something that I love that they said, that which has been demonstrated, we accept with joy. And I think that when science has gotten to the point to where they've demonstrated something. Even if the church's traditional thinking on that conflicts with that, then what the church has done is they shift and they go, oh, you know, the earth is really old. The earth is not flat. The earth is, you know, all of these mm -hmm. things that perhaps not just our church, but other, you know, even ancient, ancient religions used to have misconceptions about things. Whenever science has demonstrated something to be true, we should accept that truth with joy. Like I said at the beginning, Latter-day Saints should look for truth, find it, and accept it. And if that comes through science, great. If it comes through the prophet, great. Mm -hmm. um, I personally think that truth will not contradict itself. Uh, the phrase, like, God made Adam from the dust of the earth, right? What's your interpretation of that? Well, again, I, the, the Bible was not written to, to teach us about the processes of science. Right. But, you, but our bodies are made of elements that are in common with parts of the dust. So mm -hmm. you, could, you could say, oh, yeah, that's way. But did Adam's physical body come from actually molding together mud? I don't think so. And the evidence for that from our DNA, from our morphology, and everything else is overwhelming that we share common, our physical bodies share common ancestry with the rest of the great apes. 
So, I mean, I just think that we should accept that truth with joy. Right. And we should just move on. Like, we evolved. Our bodies evolved. And now we should just move on. And how, how, can, we, how can we help others build our testimony around our relationship to Heavenly Father, knowing that that's how our physical bodies came about? Mm-hmm. That, like, that's, that, that's what I would suggest to people they ought to be doing. So throughout this process for you, learning about evolution and becoming a, a scientist, as a full member of the church, I was wondering if at any point you had any faith crises or anything like that. And if so, what was that like for you? The science was actually not as hard because I really grounded myself in the principle of whatever is true, I'm going to accept and going to make it part of my worldview. Because I just had this belief that God is truth. And so as long as I'm accepting truth, I'm okay. And, and that has worked well for me with scientific issues throughout my entire life. And yeah, I, and I've had enough powerful spiritual experiences that as a scientist, I, I don't know how to explain those. Maybe there is some naturalistic explanation, but at least for me right now, I still have enough evidence that reminds me that I can believe in God and I can I can believe in even supernatural. And at the same time, I can be a very empirical scientist. And sometimes that rubs up against each other and it's difficult. And sometimes I get challenged at it by some of my colleagues. But I, I, I continue to just move forward with the fact that I can be both a religious um, believer and I can be a scientist and I can be true to, to empirical data. And sometimes I have to adjust my worldview, but I think that's healthy. All of us ought to be willing and humble enough that when we're wrong, we should just shift if we need to. Because really what we're after is finding truth. And I don't think that that's a bad way to go about this, right? Maybe on the flip side of that, uh, you talked about things that might have hurt your testimony. Are there things that have strengthened your testimony from the scientific perspective? Uh, and if so, what? Yeah, I mean, I used to, you know, when you, when you're, when you grow up kind of a creation, with a creationist mindset, it's kind of the magic wand god. And it's like every time there something has to happen, oh, he's got to come down and do some kind of magical, miraculous thing. And now I don't think that at all. I mean, I think he he's at the helm, but basically this earth has evolved and has come about through very natural processes that are within the laws of, of nature. And I, always, I now I look at it as that's a way more powerful God that I want to worship, is someone who knows how everything's going to happen, knows that they're within the randomness, and the directional processes that they're going to work their ways out and eventually get to the point to where he can bring about his his works. Mm. And so for me now, I think I worship a much greater God than I did back when I was very more simplistic mm. and had the magic wand God. So my, yeah. I, I feel like I have a deeper testimony that took a little bit of deconstruction mm-hmm. to go through. But on the backside of it, I feel like I have a deeper um, uh, uh, adoration for deity now. I know I love that it always comes back to just your relationship with God. I think that's so important because when something like evolution becomes scary to somebody, you know, just focusing on your relationship with God and the truths that he offers, I think that can that's a good backbone to have, yeah. you know. So I love that. And and we do no good service to anyone to make poor arguments mm-hmm. about especially if we're not well informed about a scientific issue. And so I think that if if Latter-day Saints in particular would just be a little bit more humble about what we don't know, and especially on these scientific issues where we have hundreds of years 
of experience with thousands and thousands of well-meaning scientists. I mean, honest men and women really just trying to figure out how the world works. We ought to just be a little bit more humble and accept that stuff. But I find that the LDS Church has been pretty good about not trying to be so hard on, on certain topics so that there's there's latitude for us to, to move about. So what you're saying is a great segue into your research on evolutionary mm -hmm. acceptance. So could you tell us yeah, about Yeah, so that? in addition to you know studying the evolution of insects, I've also been studying the acceptance of evolution at UVU. So I've been doing surveys for more than 10 years. I've got a, a ton of, of data. We've published many of the results of these and we've seen some really interesting things. Um, one of the things that we see is that acceptance is increasing. Now this is not just at UVU. In the na uh, at a nationwide um, trend as well, we see more and more acceptance. Depending on how you ask it, you get between about 60 to 80 percent acceptance in the United States. And For context, what would that have been 10 years ago or 20 years ago? It would have been less than 50 percent. Wow. Wow. Yeah, there's been a huge increase in, in the United States in general. And there's been quite a big increase at UVU. Uh, probably about another 10% increase at UVU wow. in the last 10 years. And what we're seeing is if evolution is taught well, and we see that a role model is important. I, I, one of the papers we published showed that the role model was the most important factor, in fact. This is why BYU has such a great success rate with uh, um, having kids accept evolution. Up there, the acceptance rate is better than at UVU. Mm -hmm. And it's because up there you've got 15 role models that are all saying evolution happens, but they're all faithful in their in, in, in the church as well. At UVU, it's not quite there. I always offer myself up as an like if anyone wants me to come to your class, I'll go. <laughs> um, but we've seen we've seen this increase. And so I think that the notion that evolution is like a hotly debated subject is lessening. There's still, of course, those really, really loud voices from the extreme kind of um, fundamental Christian, you know voices that are that are like evolution is evil but there are also the ones that think the earth is no more than 10,000 years old right i mean so there there's really loud voices still that are really putting up um quite a bit of noise but in general we're seeing this this increased acceptance i'm really really hopeful for for where we're going um with this issue yeah mm -hmm. i love that as we've been talking this one thought just kept coming to my mind why would god allow us to dig up fossils if it wasn't something that we should learn about. Well, I've said things like that. It's like one of my one of my premises in my worldview is that God is not a um, he he's not trying to fool us. And so I don't think that God would put the multitude of evidence in the fossil record, the multitude of evidence in the DNA uh, record, and everything else, and then say, actually, though it's not that's not how I did it. I, I I'm just trying to fool you. Like that just doesn't mm -hmm. sound like the God. It's not the God I want to believe in. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think God functions that way. Do you have a favorite? This is kind of a random break. Do you have a favorite like evolutionary fact? I, I know that humans and whales and bats all share the same, a very similar <laughs> hand bone structure, yeah. right? Uh, is there something like that that like you just it's like a gem, something that you love. Well, one of the, I mean, one of the coolest things in evolution, I think, is this, this idea of convergent evolution. So evolution tends to find answers in similar ways in completely different lineages, right? So if we go back, you're, you're, you're talking about the forelimb. Yeah, they all have the same structure, but they're used for different things. So the wings of a bat came about through the forelimb, but the wings came about completely convergently and the wings of a bird, completely different, and the wings of a pterosaur, completely different. 
And for me, this is really convergent evolution, I think, is fascinating because what it shows us is that in a world where there is common physics, common chemistry, common biology, you get common solutions. But I think it's kind of, I think convergent evolution is one of those things that I just love to teach. If you're interested more in this idea of the relationship between science and intellect and faith, uh, watch the episode with Terrell Gibbons that uh, we're releasing around the same time as this. Yeah, in fact, he's interviewed me and I've interviewed him as well. So wow. You can find some of that on my channel and on Faith Matters. Yeah. Uh, if people want to contact you, do you have anything you want to plug? Anything uh, like go ahead and you can write me an email or feel free to look at my channel, Accept Truth with Joy, on YouTube. It's the YouTube channel. It's not as professional as this, but I deal with a lot of this stuff. <laughs> it's really good stuff. And we'll put those in the description below. Thank you so much, You're welcome. Dr. Ogden, for coming on. Here. This was so much fun. It was so great to talk with you today. And thank you all for watching. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. If you want to watch our videos, check us out on YouTube or shoot us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter.